Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 7, lucky number 7 of the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Steven Sahoyas and on today's episode I'm going to be talking about an article that I recently wrote for rallytowel.ca which is where you should be going to get all of your important fantasy football information and analysis. Head on over to rallytowel.ca, it's free. There is no cost to any of the articles or blogs on my site so head on over and check that out on today's episode the blog that i'm going to be talking about is how the head coaching changes this past offseason will impact fantasy football there were five head coaching changes in the nfl this offseason but only three are really going to have a big impact on fantasy football while meanwhile there were 11 offensive coordinator changes and in a later blog that i'm going to write for rally towel i will get to those changes but let's start by talking about the head coaches and we'll start with matt rule of the carolina panthers rule was the head coach of the baylor bears last season and at the university of baylor he ran a very balanced offense the team averaged 35.9 run plays per game which equaled 51.26% of all offensive plays, and 31.3 pass attempts per game, which is equal to 48.74% of all their offensive plays. And both those were right around the middle for college football standards as as far as frequency of passing and rushing the ball. One thing Baylor did, though, last season that the Carolina Panthers didn't have a whole lot of success in was stretching the field. Quarterback Charlie Brewer for Baylor helped lead the team to an 8.2 yard per attempt, which tied for 24th in all of college football. When you look at the Panthers in 2019, they averaged 5.8 yards per attempt, which was the second lowest mark of any team in the NFL last season. So as you can see, it should be expected that the Panthers actually go downfield a little bit more this upcoming season, even though Teddy Bridgewater isn't necessarily known for his deep ball. But you could see in the moves that they have made, they added Robbie Anderson to that receiver room, who's known as a field stretcher. They already have Curtis Samuel, who has sub 4-4 speed. So you have some burners on this team, some guys who can really get downfield, So it should be expected that Carolina looks to target the deep ball a little bit more in 2020. And the way I see this offense operating is pretty similar to the way it ran in 2019 at Baylor. Denzel Mims was the clear number one and this offense was able to sustain three wide receivers in total. So Mims, who was Baylor's number one wide receiver last year, caught 23.8% of the Bears total completions. And he also caught 28.6% of the team's total receiving yards. So I think you can see DJ Moore take on a pretty similar role where he is the number one. It might even be a little bit larger than that when you look at total percentage of air yards and reception percentage at the end of the year. But I can see DJ Moore really doing some of the same things that Denzel Mims was able to do under Matt Rule. When it comes to the running game, Christian McCaffrey is still the guy in Carolina. You look back at how Baylor operated in the run game last year. They had a running back by committee where Tristan Ebner was the passing down back, but both John Lovett and Jamichael Hasty split carries. That's not going to be the case in Carolina. You look at that depth chart, there's not enough talent to say we can take Christian McCaffrey off the field for this play for X player. You just can't do that. When you have a player like McCaffrey, he demands 
touches. He demands receptions, demands carries, you name it. So he's going to stay on the field, and his role shouldn't change all that much. And where the real X factor in this offense is, is offensive coordinator Joe Brady coming aboard. We saw what he was able to do when he took over as the passing game coordinator last year with the Louisiana State University Tigers. He was unbelievable in letting that offense really flourish with Joe Burrow at quarterback. And I mean, they had tons of weapons as well. You have players such as Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jamar Chase, that was one heck of an offense he had at LSU. And he's got some pieces to work with here in Carolina. They have good receivers. They've got arguably the best running back in the NFL today. So I don't see why he can't see similar results at the next level. And his hire is also a sign that the Panthers will still look to throw the ball a lot like they did in 2019. Next up, I'm going to be talking about the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, replacing the old head coach of the Browns, Freddie Kitchens. Now, Stefanski was the offensive coordinator last season for the Minnesota Vikings. And to put it bluntly, this guy is going to run the hell out of the football. He loves to run the ball and pound the rock. Last year, the Minnesota Vikings ran the ball 48.3% of the time, which was the fourth highest total in the NFL. And obviously, the inverse was true about passing the ball. The Vikings passed the ball 51.7% of the time last year, which was the fourth lowest mark in the league. Cleveland was average in both running. They ranked 15th in frequency of running the ball, and they ranked 18th in frequency of passing the ball. So we're going to see a significant shift in the amount that they are going to be running in 2020. Additionally, we're going to see a large uptick in the amount of times they line up in 21 and 22 personnel. And for those of you who may not be familiar with the terminology, 21 personnel refers to the number of running backs and tight ends on the field. So two represents two running backs. The one represents one tight end. And then obviously for 22 personnel, that refers to two running backs and two tight ends. Despite having the most talented running back tandem in the NFL last season, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, the Cleveland Browns only had two running backs on the field for 13% of their plays. Under Stefanski, that's not going to fly. Back with the Vikings last year, Stefanski operated in 21 and 22 personnel a combined 38% of the time. So he loves to have both his running backs on the field at once, which to me makes perfect sense in this Cleveland offense. You have, like I said, the most talented running back tandem in the NFL. Why would you not want your playmakers to be on the field more often? Additionally, Stefanski loves to operate with two tight ends on the field as well. That's why the Browns went out and signed Austin Hooper because they are going to utilize the heavy sets. They're going to have the big guys on the field more often than they did last year. Last year, Cleveland ran with two tight ends or more on the field 31% of the times. The Vikings, though, the Vikings under Stefanski had two tight ends or more on the field 57% of the time. So you're going to see a lot of Hooper and Njoku on the field at the same time. It's going to work Pretty similarly, in my opinion, to the way Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. ran last year in Minnesota, which Kyle Rudolph saw 802 snaps and Irv Smith Jr. took on 620. So I could see Hooper taking on the Rudolph role while Njoku takes over the Smith Jr. role. 
Now, obviously, as a result to running a lot more two running back and two tight end sets, you're not going to see the three wide receiver formations all that often in the Browns offense. So the Vikings last year had two wide receivers or less on the field for 83% of their plays, which translates to if you don't have Odell Beckham Jr. and if you don't have Jarvis Landry in fantasy football, every other Browns wide receiver is pretty much irrelevant. So unless you have one of those two big receivers in Cleveland's offense, I don't see anyone else, whether it's Donovan Peoples-Jones who they've added or any other receiver in that room, really staking their claim in this offense. One point I just want to come back to and reiterate a little bit more is that there are going to be more two running back formations in this offense, which means Kareem Hunt is going to see the field a lot more than he did last year, which I think is going to do wonders for his fantasy football value. I really do like him where you can get him now in fantasy drafts as a mid-round running back later in the mid-rounds, but still a mid-round running back. And I think now year two in this Cleveland offense, gaining more chemistry with Baker Mayfield, just gaining familiarity with everything in that offensive system, I really like Hunt's chances of breaking out in 2020. And additionally, if you play Dynasty, Hunt's contract is up at the end of this year. So now is definitely the best time to buy low on Kareem Hunt because we've seen it with Stefanski. He will use both running backs, which means Hunt should be able to return solid fantasy value in 2019. And who knows where he ends up in free agency at the end of this year. The Dallas Cowboys finally fired Jason Garrett this offseason and replaced him with Mike McCarthy, the former head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Now, McCarthy didn't coach in 2019. He took the year off, and he hasn't coached since 2018, but I don't think that's going to be a real issue. The league hasn't really changed all that much in one year, so it's not like many of his philosophies will be outdated and one thing you're going to see the Cowboys continue to do is run a lot of 11 personnel and 11 personnel refers to having one running back and one tight end on the field with three wide receivers on the field as well last year the Dallas Cowboys ran 61 percent of its plays in 11 personnel which is a lot but Mike McCarthy used that even more the year before with the Green Bay Packers. Now, he only coached 12 games this season, but the team's total in 11 personnel throughout the year was 72% of its plays, which is a lot. That was the second highest total in the NFL in 2018, but that complements what the Dallas Cowboys are trying to do. They added C.D. Lamb at the draft, and sure, wide receiver wasn't a perceived position of need for the Dallas Cowboys but when you run a lot of 11 personnel like Mike McCarthy you want to have three stud wide receivers and now with Amari Cooper Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb they have the best trio at the position in the NFL in McCarthy's final year as head coach of the Green Bay Packers back in 2018 the Packers passed the ball 67.54 percent of the time which was more often than any other team in the NFL. So this is going to be a pass-first offense, which is a little bit different than the way they operated last year. Dallas was a top-12 team in a rushing play percentage and a bottom-12 team in passing play percentage in 2019. So that's going to result in some 
less carries for Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott might not see the same rushing volume, but I'm not overly concerned because I think he'll be able to make up for it in the passing game. So overall, the Mike McCarthy hire isn't going to see the same changes as you'll see in an offense like Cleveland bringing on Stefanski, but you will see some changes. The biggest and most noticeable change will be a small downtick in rushing come 2020. The other two head coaches who were new hires this offseason, Joe Judge with the New York Giants and Ron Rivera with the Washington Redskins, aren't going to have the same impact on the offense as the other three coaches that I've already talked about. Joe Judge has actually never run an offense at any professional level of football, and Ron Rivera has always come from the defensive side of the football. So you're going to see their offensive coordinators have a bigger impact on offensive play calling than they will. And I'm going to get to that when I write my offensive coordinators blog, when that will come out later in June, and that'll talk more so about the impact Jason Garrett will have in New York with the Giants and the impact Scott Turner will have in Washington with Ron Rivera. So that's going to wrap up episode number seven of the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll go over a couple of the keynotes. Matt Rule, very balanced offense he ran at Baylor, but the hiring of Joe Brady leads me to believe that they are going to continue to pass the ball frequently in 2020. The hiring of Stefanski with the Cleveland Browns tells me that the Cleveland Browns are going to try to run the ball as much as they humanly possibly can in 2020. Stefanski is no stranger to pounding the rock, and that's what he's going to do with this Cleveland offense. And lastly, Mike McCarthy, not going to see a, a huge shakeup in Dallas, they might throw the ball a little bit more and you might see a little decrease in Ezekiel Elliott's carries, but nothing that's going to move the needle too much in the fantasy landscape. So once again, thank you for listening to the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Steven Sahoyce, and always, if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, feel free to leave a pleasant review, or if you didn't, You don't have to say anything. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. So anyways, thanks again for listening. Stay safe and keep it locked on Rally Towel for all your fantasy football needs.